You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Wow, thank you, dance team. Yeah, I especially like that hipster Jesus we had up there. (laughs) That was awesome. Man, wow, what a great Sunday. Listen, there's an old Texas saying, if that don't get you fired up, then your wood's wet. Come on. Right? Come on. Get fired up this morning. Listen, it's Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. Yeah. Y'all keep that energy. I need it today, man. It's, it's good. It's good. Listen, you know, I just love Easter because Easter reminds us that love conquered all, and it even conquered death. Amen? And Jesus' death certificate became your birth certificate. Amen? That's what this day is all about. It's about transformation. It's about moving from death to life. It's about moving from the darkness to light. Man, it's such a good morning. A happy Easter. We, we're glad you're here this morning. And um, wow, what a great morning. It's, uh, Easter isn't just about chocolate bunnies and, and eggs. Even though we, we have that in there too, you know. Uh, it's okay. We're, you know, God, God's not going to get offended by, by that as long as we... We keep him at the forefront of everything that we do. Amen? Uh, I want to read to you. Uh, it's just really, it's really important for us to, to understand what a powerful thing Easter is. And uh, we, I want to read from this passage of Luke 24, 1 through 8. If you can put that up on the screen, just follow with me. It said, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices and they prepared and went to the tomb. That's the first time we ever saw the Spice Girls, okay? <laughs> they were the original Spice Girls, okay? So, so the women, they took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. <laughs> Got to recover. <laughs> and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Come on. While they were wondering about this, and I guarantee you they were wondering really big here suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed with like lightning stood beside them and in their fright the women bowed down with their faces to the ground but the men said to them why do you look for the living among the dead (laughs) come on he is not here he is risen remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified on the third day and be raised again and they remembered his words wow man that's awesome you know uh, there there was a there was a pastor dr. SM Lockridge who was uh, an african-american pastor back during the civil rights movement and he was a man of integrity he was a man of honor And he also marched with Martin Luther King and stood against many social injustices. And uh, he's probably most well known for two messages that he preached. And the first one is, that's my king. And then the second one is, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I want you to watch this video real quick. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilots struggling. The council is conspiring. 
The crowd is vilified. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarf. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sundays come. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. All right. Amen. Hey guys, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Come on. I love that. I love that. Listen, I'm going to try to do my best to preach part two of his message. And I know I'm not going to do it any justice because I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't have the kind of soul that he had. Uh, but I, I'm going to do my best job. Listen, I, I, I have a background where I come from a, a little bit of a Pentecostal background. And uh, had, had, I need to kind of tap into that today. Yeah, yeah. 
So, hey, listen, you can help me out, man. If I start saying some things that you really like, you can get up and you can run around the room. You can punch holes in the wall. Don't, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I've, I've seen that happen, though. I've seen holes get punched in the wall. But listen, you can get excited because this is Sunday. This is Sunday. And, you know, I, I, love, I love what he was preaching that, uh, it, you know, he was preaching about Calvary, that there are no Easter Sundays without horrible Fridays. And, and I want to say about that, we, we can't gloss over what happened on Calvary. We just can't. Because Jesus went through immense suffering, immense pain, uh, immense betrayal uh, for you, for me. And God the Father went through the exact same thing in anguish. Just imagine watching your child be, suffer like Jesus suffered at the cross. And um, what I, what I want to talk about is when Jesus was cross, crucified at Calvary, the sky grew dark, the earth began to tremble, and what a horrible, horrible thing was heard as Jesus began to utter from the cross, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Listen, that was the first time Jesus had ever been separated from the presence of his father. And it was, he was in anguish. He was, he was broken. And when he died on that cross, he passed into Hades. He passed into hell. And what a horrible, horrible thing that God made him to be sin on the cross, okay? He died the death of a criminal. He died the death of somebody with a sin nature. And when he, when he died on that cross, God made him like you on the cross. Matter of fact, Jesus wasn't just like you. He became you. He became you so that when he rose from the dead and he came up, that you would be like him and you would be living like him in eternity. That's what he had in mind. Eternity for you. Ephesians 4, 9 says, What does he ascended mean? except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order that he might fulfill all things. Listen, Satan thought he had destroyed Jesus on Friday. Satan thought that the battle had been won for hell on Friday. But three days later, a giant angel came and he rolled that stone away. Amen? So good. And Christ stepped out of that tomb. And when he died on the cross, he died as a silent lamb. Uh, some versions in Isaiah talks about that he went to the... He, let, me, let me read it to you because it, it, it's, it's really important that you hear it. Uh, because again, we don't, we don't want to gloss over uh, what Jesus did and, and what he suffered at the hands. Isaiah 53, 7. And this version says, He was painfully abused, but he did not complain. He was silent like a lamb, being led to the butcher, as quiet as sheep having its wool cut off. Jesus did not utter one word. He was silent as a lamb. Even though he knew what the road that he had, had ahead of him, he was silent and he didn't say one thing. But when he rose from the dead and stepped out of that tomb, he became the lion of the tribe of Judah, roaring in yeah. resurrection power. Yeah, Jay, come on. Resurrection power. I love that. If, if uh, Tom Brown was here, Tom would be roaring right now. Listen, we got to roar. Listen, it's time for you guys to roar because in him we are lions. Yeah. 
We're not lambs anymore. We're, we're lions. We're part of the, lion, the tribe of Judah. Come on. And, um, you know, today the message is he's not here in that tomb, but he's risen for you and for me and for all of humanity. Listen, it's Sunday. In the Savior humiliated hell, he utterly destroyed it, and he broke every chain that bound mankind. Every chain that bound mankind, he broke it. If you're in here today and you're struggling with something and you're in him, he already broke that chain. He already broke that addiction. He already broke that bondage. He already broke that pain. The scars that you were carrying, his scars now have, have replaced the ones that you've carried. And he says, just give me what you got. Give me what you got. And, and lean into my victory. Lean into my resurrection power. He utterly humiliated hell. Two, uh, Colossians 2015 says, uh, 2015. <laughs> let, let, that's going back a ways, 2015. Colossians 2.15 says, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made pu a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Yeah. And in Peter 3.19, it says, after he was made alive, and he was coming up from being resurrected. He went and he proclaimed freedom to the captives in hell. He preached to all of hell and brought them along with him and set them free. Listen, he didn't just do it for us. He did it for those that were, that were already dead and gone and passed on. He made sin bow its knee and he has defeated the strategies of hell against you and against your families against uh, the, the things that have, have held us in bondage for so long. He's defeated all that. And he's taken your guilt and your shame, and he's pronounced you forgiven. Do you, you remember how maybe before you were saved or, or maybe even, even now that you're saved, that whenever you've done something wrong and how heavy that weighs on you because there's guilt and shame attached to it? Just imagine what he felt like with millions and billions of those things hanging on him while he was on that cross. He was hanging on there and he took that shame and that guilt for you. And you know what? What's great though now, you and I no longer have to carry that guilt or that shame. So we can walk boldly into his throne room. We don't have to come groveling or coming begging and asking God to do something in our lives because we feel guilty about something we did a week ago or something we did a month ago or a year ago. We can come with boldness into the throne room knowing that we have been forgiven. And that he doesn't even, when we come in and we say, God, I'm so sorry. And he says, I don't even remember that. He says, I, I already paid for that. I already paid for that. You're free. You're free of shame and you're free of guilt. You know, I want to tell you a story about a war that happened between England and France. Uh, the year is 1815 and uh, Napoleon invades. He's, he's already conquered most of Europe. Everybody know who Napoleon is, right? So he's already, he's already conquered most of Europe. And now he has set his sights on England. And so England is preparing and they're getting ready to come against Napoleon. And they had a, a general uh, who was called the Duke of Wellington. He was an actual duke, and his last name was Wellington. He was the commander over all of England's forces. And he knew if they were going to repel uh, Napoleon in France, that he was going to have to make a stand at Waterloo. And, uh, you know, back then, 
when, when they were wanting to communicate from camp to camp or from place to place, you know, they didn't have telegraph, they didn't have internet, they didn't have, you know, phones, they didn't have any of this stuff. They used what they called signal men. I'm sure we've seen it many times depicted in movies. And what happened was they had, they would have men at certain places uh, miles and miles apart and they would get up on the highest points of a geography of the plains and they would they would either wave flags or they would set a fire to signal whatever the message was that was going to be relayed back to uh, where it needed to go and so they had all these signal men in place and in London this is where this is where they were all gathered and they were all gathered there were thousands of people gathered in the square and as they gathered in the square um, they they erected this giant billboard and on the billboard, they would write on the billboard things that were going on in the battle to let people know what was happening. So people would come into the square and they would look up and see what was written on the billboard. And just when the information started to come in, uh, you know, and I've never been to London. Who's been to London? Wow, a lot of people. Uh, have you ever been there when the fog's been there? Yeah? Well, I, I hear that when the fog comes in, it just comes in really quick, really fast, and it just settles over London and you can't hardly see anything it's kind of funny because this morning we were driving in and when I woke up this morning there was a heavy fog there were fog alerts on the highway this morning and I was like wow that is crazy so the fog began to settle in as they began to write on this big giant billboard and when that started to happen the fog began to obscure what this man was writing and he wrote two two words he wrote and it said Wellington defeated Soon as the people in the, in the square began to see this, Wellington defeated, they began to panic. They began to scream. They began to run in fear because they were running for their lives because they knew Napoleon was coming and they were going to be taken captive and uh, become prisoners. And so they were terrified and they began to run and scream and they were heartbroken. And there were many of them that left the square, but there were still some that were standing there and just kind of standing there dumbfounded like, I just can't believe this has happened. But you know, some time passed, and then suddenly the weeping, uh, suddenly, uh, as time passed, they began to, the, the fog began to lift. And as the fog began to lift, they started to realize there were, there were some words that were obscured, and that they didn't see the complete message of what the man was writing on the wall, on the billboard. And it was, Will, it was uh, Wellington defeated Napoleon. Come on. But they were so freaked out because all they saw were the first two words, Wellington defeated. But then the, when the word Napoleon became visible, there was rejoicing in the streets. There was celebration. There was a victory parade going on because they were excited about what was happening. They had been set free. And I'm going to tell you something. Nobody knew that that was going to happen. Nobody knew that was going to happen. And 2,000 years ago on the cross, when they put that crown of thorns on our Savior's head, when they stabbed him in the side and they pierced his heart, when they, put, when they beat him and they tore his back open and they gambled for his clothes and they began to just beat him and tear him into pieces, it looked like it was over. It looked like hell had won. And hell began to, began to celebrate. And hell put up a giant billboard on Friday. It says, Christ, Jesus Christ defeated. And uh, as that happened, uh, Sunday morning, we move ahead 
to Sunday morning and the fog begins to lift and as the fog begins to lift there's a new word on the board and it says Christ defeated Satan and I can just imagine I can just imagine I, I'm, this I'm just imagining this is in the Bible I can imagine I can imagine that the same angel that rolled away the stone when he came in that Sunday morning he looked at that billboard and he said something ain't right here and so he went up there and he, he, he wrote on that board. That's what I like to believe. That he wrote on that board. And look, don't you love that picture of the lion standing over the, the tomb? Jesus Christ defeated Satan. He defeated all of hell. He defeated the grave. He defeated your sin. He defeated my sin. He defeated your shame. He, de he defeated my shame. And eternity has been paid for. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Eternity has been paid for. Jesus has given you and I eternal life. And he has rewritten the narrative of our past life and assured us a victorious future. Amen? Amen. I love the verse in Jeremiah 29. This is one of my favorite verses. And the verse is, uh, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Our alignment with God's promises and eternity, they, what happens when we do that? It creates a present pathway toward, toward our destiny. When we align ourselves with the finished work of what he's done and we, we celebrate the resurrected Lord, it creates a path to our destiny when we align ourselves with that. And let me tell you something. We, we, don't, we don't worship a cross. We worship a risen Savior. Listen. What side of the cross are you living on today as a Christian? Are you still living on the side of the cross where you're an old sinner saved by grace? Or are you living on the side of the cross where it says that you're no longer a sinner saved by grace, but now you are a son and a daughter. You are a child of God. You have an inheritance. Thank you. Thank you. You have an inheritance. And that's not who you are anymore. We recognize that at one time we were sinners saved by grace. But now we step into a place of understanding that we have an inheritance. We have a right to be, I don't know if you want to say it like this, but a right to be proud. A right to say, hey, I'm standing up. And I don't mean pride in a sense that pride becomes before the fall. I mean a, a sense that we know who we are. What our identity is. That we're no longer on that cross with him. That's already been taken care of. It's already been paid for. We've moved into another realm. We've, we've moved into a victorious realm. And we've got to quit listening to theology and religion that keeps trying to put us on the cross and tell us that we can't do anything other than be sinners. Come on. Because that's not who you are anymore. That's not who I am anymore. That's why today is so special. It's so awesome. Because it hits a massive reset in our life. It's like, it's like when you have a circuit breaker in your house and, you know, you stick, you stick a plug in and there's no power there. What do you do? You have to hit the reset button to, to connect that source to the main source. Jesus hit the reset button for you. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Let's go. little hidden joke between me and another friend I want to put up five verses that bring clarity about our eternity our eternity and replace any anxiety or any doubt about your future let's go let's put these verses up 
Okay, I want to make sure I got the same ones. John 5, 24. <laughs> I added some verses, so I couldn't remember which ones I put up there. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Come on. Woo. That's worth shouting about right there. All right, 1 John 5.13. Here's another great one. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen. Amen. John 17.3. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3.11. I know he's a lot of verses. I just want you to see this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Just think about that for a minute. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. But as it is written, what no, uh, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit, searches everything, even the depths of God. Amen. And I'm, I'm going I'm to give you another verse that I just absolutely love. It's not up there. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. And it says... All this is from God. Everybody say, all this. Yeah, all this. All this. Not just a little bit. Not just some. All of this is from God. It's from Him who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The whole point of Him reconciling us to Him was so that we would come and we would turn around and we would reconcile others back to Him through, through us. And that's the ministry that you've been called to. Not, all, not everybody's called to the five-fold ministry, but everybody's called to the ministry. And everybody in this room has been called to the, the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet because of what Jesus did for us. Yeah. We shouldn't be able to walk down the street or go in our businesses or, or go into a grocery store without a dumb grin on our face <laughs> and a smile on our face. And people go, man, why are you so happy? And then you just turn around and you just say, hey, I can tell you why. Let me tell you why I'm so happy. I remember one time, this is a quick testimony. We're, almost, we're about to wrap it up. We want you guys to get home to your families and enjoy Easter and enjoy what Jesus did for you. But here's, I, one time I was out with Todd White. Anybody ever know who Todd White was? And this is back before Todd went global. Uh, this is right when Todd started being recognized and people were like, oh, Todd White, man, this guy's amazing, da, da, da. And so I, I had the, I had the uh, honor of hosting Todd, driving him around, taking him places. Uh, I basically was his bag man, and I had no problem being his bag man. Come on. And so we'd walk into stores, and that guy, he would embarrass me so bad. We'd be standing in a line to go buy him those little toe shoes he likes to wear. God, anybody ever tried to wear those toe shoe things? They're horrible. I don't know how you do it. Anybody wear toe shoes in here? You know what I'm talking about? What? Somebody back? Paul Wood! Paul! All right. Good for you, Paul. I'd like to see you put them on one day. I can't, I can't do it. Maybe my toes are too short. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A little bit peaky toe. Yeah. 
So, okay, let me get back to the testimony. So, so, so we're in a store, and we're going up to buy these toe shoes. And we get in line, and he goes, hey, watch this. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, hey, everybody. He starts yelling in the store. Hey, everybody. You want to hear some good news? And everybody in the room is like, oh, man, this guy's going to tell us something really cool. They're like, we're going to get a discount, or somebody just won a prize. And he said, yeah, I got some good news. Jesus died for you. I mean, he starts preaching just, uh, just crazy, man, wild man, just preaching. Listen, that's, and, and people say, well, that's, that's just Todd White. I can't, I can't do that. No, you know what that is? That's the spirit of God living on the inside of Todd White. That's what we are supposed to be like when we go out. That's the greatest witness that you can, you can be in a world that is full of darkness. Amen? It really is. It really, I'm going to finish the rest of this verse. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Let me go through it again. All these things are from God. Everybody say all things. All things. All the, actually, I said all this is from God. Sorry. I don't want to rewrite scripture and y'all get mad at me. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and what was he doing? He was not counting people's sins against them any longer. Let me, and I'm going off on another rabbit trail. You know why? You know why people don't want to come into the church these days? Because the church has gotten so good at counting people's sins against them. Instead of walking in love and sharing, sharing the heart of the Father and, and preaching the good news. It's not your job to convict anybody of sin. It's your job to love them. Amen. It's my job to love them. Okay, that was a bonus. I just threw that in there. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Yes. Man, so good. Today is a special day. Today is Easter Sunday. Today is a day that we step into our true identity. Today is the day that we realize that we are no longer just sinners that are just trying to get by, this, get by in this life and make it. That we actually live from a place of authority. We actually live from a place of value and love and honor. That's who we are. That's who you are. That's who he is. That's what he died and paid for, for you. Everybody stand up. I told you this was going to be short today. I got to talking so fast I blew through this thing really quick. Let me go ahead and get the prayer team up here. Prayer team, can you guys come on up here? If you're on the prayer team, come on up. Thank you, guys. Everybody bow their heads. Yeah, Father, we just love you today. We thank you that this is Sunday. This is the Sunday that you declared that you would no longer be held in a grave. That you raised into eternal life with resurrected power. And that you've given us the same ability to live in eternity with you. Through just leaning in and acknowledging who you are. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have everlasting life.
God, all you're asking us to do is to believe that you're God and that your son, Jesus, is, is who he says he is. So, Father, this resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you today if you let it. It can raise your dead dreams. It can raise your hopes, your relationships. If you're here today and you don't know him, just ask him to come into your heart and he will raise you to new life. Trade your scars for his and step into a new future, one full of hope and promise. Father, we just thank you for everything that you've done today. And we just, we just love you. And we celebrate you as our risen Lord in resurrected power, Father, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, we just celebrate you. And we are going to go from this place today remembering the sacrifice that you paid so that we can live and live with power and live with freedom and live with abundance and live with identity knowing that we are your kids. We are sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of the King. And we have an inheritance. If you're here this morning and you say, hey, I've been in church for a long time, but I really haven't, I don't know him like you've been talking about this morning, but I'd like to know him. I want to encourage you to come down here and somebody will pray with you. If you don't know him today, you haven't asked him into your heart, but you want to know a God that loves you and was willing to sacrifice his own son for you because he wants you to have a place with him in eternity and he loves you unconditionally, come, come down here and we want to pray with you. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for encouragement or just somebody come alongside you and say, hey, man, I need a word just, just to make it through the day to day. We want to invite you down here to pray with us. We love you and we... I don't want to say that, wish, <laughs> we bless you, and we say have a great Easter Sunday today, and remember the reason why we are here for Sunday, on Easter Sunday, amen, amen, love you guys, have a great Easter, amen.